listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life Moscow Campus, reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. Well, hello, Real Life family. How are you guys doing? I am excited to be here with you. My name is Josh Gray. I am the executive pastor here. Pretty fancy title. I was here helping push some wire yesterday with some guys to put a stove in. So it's pretty awesome, but I'm honored to be able to do that and honored to be able to share with you guys today. This is going to be super cool. 21 days of prayer. If you are a member of our church, you've, this is your home. It is like an expectation and hope that you would join us in this process. And so this is super cool. A lot of thought put into this. Uh, if you've never prayed before in your life, we kind of have some outlines of things to, to think about when you pray. Uh, we're going to pray for things like, you know, menial things like advancing the kingdom of God and, uh, you know, the, the church itself, your family, coworkers, people who don't know Jesus, just stuff like that. So who's a member of our church that is going to commit to do that that doesn't have one of these yet? No one in the whole church. Okay, right there. Here you go, ma'am. Personal copy that I just grabbed off the desk. So make sure you get one of those. Very, very important, okay? Yes, we'll get you one too. Very, very important. All right, so we're diving into this uh, week two of 17 weeks of shaping, shaping our faith. And last week was awesome as we kind of went with the overview of it. It's kind of like a car. And I love the whole thing about shaping our faith with these core four things. You ever driven a four-cylinder car where only one cylinder's working? Not very efficient, not very effective, and not very powerful, right? So in your uh, life, we want you to get all of the cylinders of your spiritual life working well because they all matter, right? It needs to all come together. And so it's even as you think about this, when you think about the core four, the first one was text, then uh, we had prayer, and we had worship, and then we had fasting. And so think about this as we're diving into the prayer portion of, of the series. When you think about the text, what if you were interested in somebody or a spouse or some, some other person, and all you ever did was study them? You just kind of, you just, you knew everything about them. You knew what time, like, they went to bed. You knew if they snored. You knew what they liked for food. You knew what their favorite, uh, favorite cologne was. You knew, uh, you knew what their favorite holiday was. You knew everything about them, but you never talked to them. What would you be called? A stalker. So God does not want you to be just a stalker. And have a stalker relationship with him where you know everything about him and all you do, and you've ran into those folks before. They're just like Bible verse, Bible verse. They're just like, like they're the text, they're the text cowboy. But you're like, man, you're kind of a jerk. Like, you don't, I don't see the fruit in your life. I see you beating people with the Bible, but I don't see you loving people with God's heart. And that's why we need all the areas of shaping our faith to be, to be physically or spiritually fit. Is you can't just be awesome at one. You can have tendencies where you lean towards one. We have some amazing prayer warriors in here and they are awesome at praying, right? But they still need the other areas of, of, of the core four. And so when we think about prayer, I want you to think about that, that prayer is just simply, it's, it's simply this. It's simply a conversation with God. It's a conversation with God. You know, there's 650 prayers listed in the Bible. 450 recorded answers to prayers. 
First time prayer gets officially mentioned where we could view it that way, Genesis 4.26, so pretty early on. Uh, the Bible records Jesus praying 25 different times. Paul mentions prayers, prayer reports, prayer requests, exhortations uh, to pray 41 times in the text. Uh, talk about how you can pray and the right way to pray, whether you're, whether you're sitting, standing, kneeling, uh, with your face on the ground, with your hands lifted up. Jesus models that and talks about that in his text about how we are to pray. Different types of prayers, and we'll see some of those things. And then at the end of a prayer, what do we say? Amen. And amen means let it be. So be it. Truly. So whatever you say at the very end of your prayer, and you're saying, Lord, let it be. And as I was preparing for this, I was thinking about different prayers in the Bible. And I was thinking about how this lays out. And I was, I was going through, and so if you think about people that prayed in the Bible, you think about Zechariah, and he asked for a son. And the angel says that your prayer has been heard. And as I was going through this this week, and he, I'm like, okay, so he asked for a son. And I wasn't sitting on that. And as you think about it, what was he asking for? He was asking, Lord, remove my shame. In their context, if you couldn't have kids, God was mad at you. Something was wrong with you. And he's crying out. If you pray that prayer, Lord, remove my shame. Anybody need their shame removed? You could ask the Father in heaven, Lord, remove my shame. Other prayers, we see Solomon asking for wisdom. We see Gideon asking for a sign. Lord, show me a sign. Show me that you're real. I'm probably the only one that's ever prayed that prayer, huh? Show me that you're real. Elijah prays for it not to rain, and then he prays for it to rain. Paul asked to take away this pain three times. Lord, take away my pain. Entire groups of people actually pray. In Acts, they, they prayed for boldness. The believers prayed for boldness. When Peter was in jail, they prayed for Peter. The whole church prayed for him. There's things we can do together, 21 days, where we're all praying, Lord, hear us. And so as you think about this relationship and you put it in the context of a spouse, how great is your relationship with God? How great is your conversation and your communication with him? Because that's what it is. As your father wants to talk to you. He wants to know what you, what you have on your heart. Well, yeah, he already knows that. Yeah, but he wants to know that you know that he knows. You have to say it, like confess it with your mouth. And so you think about that. What kind of relationship would you have with somebody that you really care about if you rarely talk to them? And he provides this access and this way to do this. John 17, 1 through 26, we'll dive into this. So this is right before Jesus gets arrested. This is right before things are, that are really about to go down. And I wonder what he is most concerned about before he's going to get arrested. Let's take a look at the text. So after Jesus said this, he looked toward the heaven and prayed. He looked toward the heaven and prayed. He said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. For you granted him the authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all of those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God 
and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Time out. He's not dead yet. He's not on the cross yet. What is this work you have, you have I've, I've brought you glory on earth by finishing? By completing, by being done with the work you gave me to do. Wait, he's not even on the cross yet. Now this is not negating what he did on the cross. Who's grateful for that? Amen. But he's thinking that he had finished some work that he'd already come to do. Do you guys listen to the podcast? You have more intel on that, right? Hopefully you listen to the podcast. I listen to it three times because I'm a little slow. Uh, but listen to it three. But like, what is this finishing? What is this finishing uh, of, of the work that he came to do? What does that look like? And the best I can tell is he's talking about he finished the work of making disciples. He finished the work of passing on everything that God had called him to pass on so that it's still going to be around maybe in 2019 on a snowy day in Moscow, Idaho. Side note. Sermon for another day. Um, for someone else. No. Uh, and now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you, for I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. Getting ready to be arrested. What does Jesus want to do? I want to pray for my guys. I want to pray for my disciples. I wonder what he wants to pray for them for. I want to pray for them. I'm not praying for the whole world, not on this one, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours and all you have is mine and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. Oh, our Father, Father, God, please protect my guys. Anybody in here prayed a, prayed a prayer of protection over their family? over people that you love. Father, please. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. Oh, whose name? Who are we praying about? Whose name? Who has this authority? The power of your name, the name you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and I kept them safe uh, by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. Who's that? Judas, yes. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have a full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Father, protect my guys from the evil one. They are not of the world even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. Oh. Okay. 
Yes, Lord, let's see. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. Did, did what happen just happen that I thought happened? Back up. My prayer is not for them alone. I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message. Whose message? The disciples' message, right? And who's that? If I could do a better dance, I would. It's probably going to be a meme because these guys are mean. The tech guys are super mean. They'll have some bad. He's praying for us. He's praying for you today, right now. 2019 snowy day in February. Praying for those guys. Jesus Christ prayed for you in his very last hours. He didn't forget about you. He has great plans for you. All right. May they also be in us so that the world may believe them or believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and I have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, through the world, though the world does not know you, I know you and they know that I know, or they, and they know that I know and they know that you have sent me I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the, uh, the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Right before he's going to be arrested, Jesus goes in prayer, prays for his disciples, prays for their protection, and he prays for you and I. So prayer is simply communication with God. So the next logical question is, well, then how do I pray? And if you listen to the podcast, you know exactly how you're supposed to pray. It goes like this, just the same way you communicate with your spouse. You clasp your hands. You bow your head. If you're saying something really hard, you squint your eyes. And you say, uh, Carrie, do you think it would be possible if um, I could probably maybe might go play with my friends? No? Okay, do the laundry. Doing the laundry? Okay. No, you know that the hands folded and the eyes closed is an American Sunday school thing, which we all still do, because why would you want you to keep, you keep your hands to yourself? Do not touch that person next to you. We're praying. Close your eyes. You can't even focus. It's not so much the sentiment about how to pray, right? Because in the text, they prayed all kinds of, of ways. And it depends on the context of the relationship and what you're trying to communicate. Sometimes when you're communicating with your spouse, your children, or somebody that's close to you, those volume levels change based on the urgency, based on what's important, based on the passion in which you're trying to communicate. Prayer is not just an event. It's not something you need to check off the box today to be a Christian to say that you prayed. He wants a relationship with you. 
So much so that he gave his one and only begotten son so that anyone who believed in them would have eternal life. So much so they gave you this beautiful text that we have multiple versions of on our phones and multiple Bibles of in our houses. Here, here's some instructions. Oh, by the way, you're probably not very good at reading instructions, Josh, because you're a guy. So I'm going to make this uh, chat line available for you so we can talk because I can already tell you're going to need it. Probably not just me. So it's not just an event. And yes, you should have scheduled time. But sometimes different communication requires different methods. I heard a cool prayer story this week. Uh, this gal uh, who has a family, a single mom, she was a single mom, she had special uh, needs kids, and she had decided last year to commit to tithing. And what she had to tithe on was her food stamps. And so she would buy food for a group, uh, use 10% of her food stamp money to buy food for another, another mom or another group. And she was going through some rough financial times and she was like, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And there was another gal that was in her group who uh, wasn't super well off either, but she was like, I've been praying and like, it's a weird thing. I'm supposed to give you this envelope. And she's like, okay. And the gal that was, uh, that, 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 was, that was learning how to tithe had this big bill coming, this $500 bill that she didn't have the money for. And this other gal's praying. And so this gal gives her this envelope and, you know, uh, Later on that afternoon, she opens this envelope and there's $55 in there. Now, what is $55 not? $500, right? But uh, she had a program that she had to pay an application fee for and guess how much this application fee was? $55. Well, that's interesting, Lord. People are talking and stuff. So she pays for this application fee, right? Because somebody's obedient in prayer and communicating with God and she's praying, asking God for help, right? And all of a sudden, when she gets done with that piece of the, pro of the, of the process, uh, she gets this check in the mail. And guess how much the check was for? $500. Prayer answered. In my own life, when you're, when you're in, in the depths where you need an answer, it's not a casual discussion, Couple examples this week. I had a, a interesting last couple weeks, and I needed to get out and 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 I needed to hear from God. And so I went for a walk on Tuesday night, and I should have worn more clothes because it was colder, but it's all right. And I went for a walk, and I walked up and around. And I was listening to sermons, preparing for this week, and and different pieces of the puzzle. And I was walking around, and went over to the track at Moscow, and I started walking around the 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 track. It's kind of snowing, and. And I just, at some point, I was just like, Lord, we need to get down. I, got, I need an answer, Father. And I'm walking in circles and circles, and I'm the crazy guy. I was the crazy guy throwing my arms up, walking in a circle around the track at 9 o'clock at night when nobody was there with snot snickles frozen in my face and tears coming out of my eyes because I needed an answer. I needed to communicate with my Father in heaven so deeply, I needed to know what he thought. And I wasn't going home till I got an answer. It's different than like, does it make sense? It's different than just like a, hey, fella, hey, buddy, 7.30, we got an appointment. Like, that's good. But like, you should have all these pieces of communication. When I, the reason, one of the reasons why I'm even here at this church, another prayer moment, crazy story. Here we go. Um, I end up in Dallas, Texas at this conference and I meet this guy named Dr. Nolan. And so I'm at this conference in Dallas and the church that I was at in Missoula was going through some leadership changes 
And this, uh, do- this Dr. Nolan was, we're hanging out and just people are getting to know each other. And right before I get ready to leave the conference, he's like, Josh, I feel like God's telling me that I'm supposed to provide the service that I provide for people, but I'm supposed to do it for you for free. It's normally five or $6,000, but all you have to do, Josh, is get to Roswell, New Mexico. <laughs> First of all, that's a weird place. No, <laughs> all you have to do is get there and we'll, I'll take care of everything else but I work with pastors that are going through different times in their lives and different ups and downs. And for some reason, the Lord's put on my heart that you're supposed to come. So I get to Roswell, New Mexico, like you normally do through Dallas, Texas. <laughs> anyway, um, and I get there and uh, it's, it's set up to, to hang out and we're kind of going through this. He's kind of unfolding different pieces of my life and kind of I'm getting the chance to be filleted open, but he's a professional at it, so it didn't hurt that bad. And we go on this long drive and we go on this long drive and we're near these, these mountains, kind of desert mountains and different things. And we pull over and there's a stack of rocks somewhere. I'm like, that's a weird stack. Like those are all just like perfectly stacked, like on top of each other. He's like, yeah, they're weird. And he's like, so if you have any bitterness or things you need to give over, I want you to find a rock and spend all the time you want. And then you, when you're done with that bitterness, you need to put it on that stack. It's like, that's a good idea. So I did that, and we keep going on this journey. We're forbying and getting bounced all over the place and kind of get up to this very top of this mountain. And he's like, you just go ahead and pray. Just you do your thing. I'm going to be over here. And so I just remember I'm sitting there, and I'm overlooking this weird kind of deserty mountain place, which isn't that weird that the Lord would talk to you near a desert. Over this desert. And here's my prayer. I was like, Lord, do you want me to take over my church? This church in Missoula. Or, Lord, do you want me to start a new church? Which, in a sense, probably would have caused a church split. And so I'm like, that's what I was praying for. I was like, that's what I think, Lord. I'm probably, I'm a pretty good guy. I'm pretty funny. Like, I'll be that guy, right? And I don't know how clear it could have been. But I needed an answer. And he said, number one, it's not your church, Josh. It's my church. I was like, oh, this probably isn't going to go good. What I meant to say was, no, I didn't say nothing. I was like, oh, it's not my church. I get it, Lord. It's your church. He's like, I got my church, Josh. I'm like, okay, good. As a matter of fact, Josh, what I would like you to do is you need to be in a second chair, second chair leadership position for a while. I don't know what a while looks like. I'm still there. Um, but this is in 2011. You need to be in a second chair leadership position. So not only are you know you're not going to take over the church you're at and you're not going to go plant another church, you're going to be in submission in a second chair leadership position because you need some, to learn some things. I was like, all right, got an answer. It wasn't the one I wanted, but I got one. And once you know, out of cell phone coverage, cell phone's dead, I get back to the place that I'm staying and I plug in my phone and all of a sudden there's messages coming from all over the place and boom, there's this message from a guy named Aaron Couch who I probably hadn't talked to in a couple years. Same day, Wednesday, in May, I'm on the mountain. I get a voice message. And Aaron's sitting there, and he goes, uh, the, the, whole, the back end of the story is he and Michael were praying for who they wanted to ask to come here to be a, a home group pastor. And separately, they were praying, and separately, God said, Josh Gray. And on that same day, he calls me. It's just weird how God works that way. It's like people are talking to him and he like puts things together. It's weird, huh? I know, it's a coincidence. Happens, same day he calls me and that's why I'm here. Because I got denied on a prayer in the desert on the mountaintop of what I wanted, but God knew what was better for my life. But you gotta go where you gotta meet him in your communication with God. And it's gotta be consistent. 
If you only communicated at a certain time every day with the person that you love the most on this earth or you're trying to love the most on this earth or you'd like to love the most on this earth, like that's probably not going to work out. We're just going to talk from 7.30 to 7.45. Like it's got to be a constant communication. First Thessalonians, yeah, that one, says rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. His will for you is to be in constant communication with him. Well, what is prayer supposed to do then? I know that prayer is communicating with God, having a conversation with God. I know I can pray lots of different ways. I can pray arrow prayers when that person cuts you off and you're like, Lord, Help them learn how to drive better. May God bless it. Amen. Let it be. <laughs> right? You can have those prayers, all the arrow prayers, right? But constant and in, in constant prayer with him on those things because you hear him and you know him. So what is prayer supposed to do? Prayer is supposed to make my heart like his. Have you ever seen people that spent so much time together that they start becoming like each other? Anybody watch the movie When Harry Met Sally? Not a very manly movie, I have to admit. I'll give you my man card here, but I've watched it multiple times, and if it ever comes on, I'll probably stop and watch it. Uh, it's so awesome. And there's, there's different, well, not everything's awesome, but whatever. Uh, I'm not spiritually endorsing When Harry Met Sally, okay? I'm just saying, for the analogy, there's this couple in there that they're interviewing that have been married for like 50 years. And they will finish each other's sentences. They have become so united and so like each other and so one that they, are, they know what each other is going to say. They know the, each other's heart so deeply. And how in the world did that happen? They spent time together. They communicated together. Is there not anybody better in the world that you possibly would want to communicate with to have your own counselor that's there all the time that just begging for a relationship with you? There's a, come on, talk to, talk to me. Don't do that, Josh. I would love it if you would hear me. Don't step there. He wants a relationship with you so bad. He gives you the text, but he also gives you this, this uh, lifeline that you can be on all the time, your minutes will never run out. He wants, to, he wants that for us. It makes us more fruitful in his kingdom. Well, how does that? Do we see any examples of how it makes us more fruitful in his kingdom that somebody's praying about something else and causes them to make an action over here that causes them, causes them, causes them, that causes create a great joy because we are all obedient, we were praying and talking to God? What do you want out of this portion of your life? And here's what he requires. You could, this is, I stole this and then I kind of modified it so we'll call it my own. This is somehow Stephen Furtick, uh, Greg Groeschel, um, what's the saddleback guy? Rick Warren, um, Aaron Couch. This is, there's like, this is like a mixture of a bunch of things that God put together right here. The price of prayer, you can write this one down. The price of prayer is Surrender. The price of prayer is surrender. What do I have to surrender? You have to surrender your will. Not my will be done, but whose will be done? His will. 
to surrender your, your will, to come to God completely honest, to bear your soul, to bear your mind nakedly. Well, God already knows what I'm thinking. Yeah, he wants to know that you know that he knows that you know. So that's why you have to have the conversation. It's like, you know, my wife already knows what I'm thinking. I'm just not going to tell her. I told her I loved her. 1995, January, sorry, uh, September 23rd, I told her. She knows. What do I got to tell her again for? Doesn't work, does it? Do you still love me? Do you still want to communicate with me? Do you still want to be connected? And he's begging for that. God's begging, please, my children. And he knows the difference of your voice. He knows when you're like, Daddy, I have an owie. And he knows when, Daddy, my, I don't have an arm. He knows the difference. You just got to ask him. So as we prepare our hearts for communion, we'll have our folks stand up and go uh, get the communion. Thank you for serving and doing that. You're amazing. We have an open table at our church. You've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He's part of your life. You actually talk to him. We want you to partake with us. We'll hold them all together. Okay? Let's look at some of these implications for your home groups this week. And so you're like, yes, home groups this week. What are we going to talk about? Here's what we're going to talk about. Number one, how would you rate your prayer life? On a scale of one to ten, how's it going? How would you rate your communication with the Creator Almighty? How would you rate your communication with the person who keeps the earth spinning properly so we don't all just fly off into space and hasn't turned off gravity? Like, that would be a good, like, eh, kind of important. Who lets, gives you air to breathe, who gives you every, heart, every, every heartbeat you have right now. How's that communication going? And if it's not what you want it to be, what do you need to surrender to have a better prayer life? Is it your phone? Is Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat the first thing that's on your mind when you get up and roll over and grab your phone? Or are you like, Lord, whew, made it through another night. Thank you for being in a warm house. And one of the things Brad Gray talked about in one of the sermons I listened to uh, of his was thanking God 100 times a day. Try that. How do you thank God and be in communication? Lord, thank you for that. Lord, thanks for that. Yeah, the FedEx guy showed up right in the middle of this talk he was doing at his home. And he's like, Lord, thank you for the FedEx guy that he's got here safe. Thank you for this package that just came on the, on the steps. I don't know what it is, but thank you for letting me have steps, Lord, for this package to be on. Thank, Lord, thank you for whatever's in the package uh, that you allowed me to buy. Can you imagine thanking God 100 times a day and acknowledging that with your mouth? How that would change your relationship with him? That was a good point. Second question, yeah. Woo! Uh, what catches your eye as you look at the prayers of people in the text? 650 of them, 450 of them answered. What, do you, what catches your eye? Like that caught my eye that he, that Zachariah wasn't just asking for a son, he was asking to remove shame, not just from him, but he was asking to remove shame from his whole family and his wife. So what catches your eye as you study the text and you see people's prayers in the text? How does your prayer life reflect your relationship with God? Is 
it easy to be mad at him if you're in constant communication with him? Is it easy to be mad at him if you thank him a hundred times a day and see the goodness that he's put into our lives? He wants it. Do you want it? Because he wants it. Pretty bad. What is the greatest prayer you have answered? How fun is that going to be to sit in your group? What's the greatest prayer you've had answered? And your group's going to be able to talk about that and you're going to celebrate and be like, wow. What is the greatest prayer you've had answered? What a great group question. And then to end it on a positive note, we'll say, what prayer are you still waiting for God to answer? What have you been praying for and praying for and praying for? And you're like, Lord, please. Please. He wants a relationship with you pretty bad. So much so that he gave his only son for all of us, for today, for now. The son that prayed for us right before he was going to get arrested. That's the one. And he's like, come on. I love you, my children. Come on. I love you. Let's talk. Let's talk all the time. As much as you get, like, can you just imagine a father just begging and wanting to talk to his children? Please talk to me. I have things to say to you. And I know you have things to say to me too. And I already know them that you know that I know, but whatever. I want you to know that I know. You've got to say it. Are you going to, do you want that part? Don't you want that? He wanted it pretty bad. So the night he was betrayed, he took that bread and he held it. And he looked at everybody. He said, this is my body. This is my body, which is given for you. Let's do it in remembrance of our Lord. And then he took the cup, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is the blood of the covenant. Father in heaven, you are so good. Thank you. I praise you, Father, for giving us your son. I praise you, Father, for giving us your word. I praise you, Father, for giving us beautiful music to worship you, Lord. Lord, I see, I see that you want to have an intimate, real, legitimate relationship with with me and with everybody in here. You care. You want us to to come unashamedly with just brutal honesty and be like, Lord, this is where I'm at. Help me. Walk with me, Father. I need your counsel. I need your voice. I need your words. I I need you to speak to me, Lord. Speak to me through your people. Speak to me through your word. Speak to me through your creation, Father. So, Lord, I just ask that you would just have your hands on all of us. We want you bad, Lord. We want to chase you. We want to know you. Let us communicate with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life on the Palouse. You can find out more about us by visiting us online at liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.